everyone to the mmos.com podcast this is episode 56 now and this is altai joined by omer dumble matt and shirelia for a limited time <laughs> limited right. time only limited time. the gang is back the gang's back boys we should be in order of the way that we t- introduce ourselves like omer should be on the far uh left over there and then it should be sean and then it should be me and then oh that's that's a lot of Matt, work Matt, Matt, that's Matt, a lot Matt of planning that is getting designer on your asses the mos.com podcast is a no pants podcast all right you're not allowed to wear pants in this podcast so we keep it casual As we learned i usually don't have pants but i have them today shoot that's unfortunate i had to go to the store so like i, I was too lazy to take them off you know am i the only one who dresses up for this podcast it kind of makes me feel more professional so i I like to be dressed up for this. Well, I put a shirt on. What are we talking about? Altai is more dressed up. up for this podcast than he is for anything else, all right? He washes his hair. He takes a shower. He puts a deodorant on. You know, he tightens his tie. That doesn't he exist. puts on the makeup. Yeah, he does everything. He combs his hair. He's prepped. And with that, let's go to the weekly raid. Okay. Perfect. So, as we all know, E3 is going on. And we all love E3. And it's not just a marketing stunt, but... But I've been watching. I've been watching live on Twitch, mm-hmm. except for the five seconds that Twitch wasn't working. Then I went to YouTube, and as soon as it came back, I went back to Twitch. I've seen quite a few things, uh, a lot of embarrassing, cringy moments, but I've also been excited uh, thanks to a few trailers. So I thought we would all talk about what our thoughts are on E3 so far. Uh, I'll start. So far, I'm very excited for Dual Universe, which I heard about a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Somewhat of a competitor to Star Citizen, uh, at least face value. And what I mean by that is... You will have this vast universe. Well, I guess it's not like Star Citizen at all. But anyway, yeah. it's a sandbox universe. You'll build your spaceship, and you'll be able to fly from the planet's surface into space uh, and explore this kind of open sandbox world. I guess I just keep thinking Star Citizen because that's the other big, you know, sci-fi fly through space project. But um, mm-hmm. looked really interesting. Really sick trailer of a spaceship landing um, and flying into space, and you see the atmosphere generate. Really cool. Uh, we have a trailer right here. Uh, and so far, that's pretty much been the thing that got me excited. A few other things not MMO-related was uh, Zelda. Zelda, uh, Nintendo finally showed off the new Zelda game, and it has these really sweet hitboxes. Uh, I'm going to link that right here. Hit yeah, boxes? and that's that's a weird thing to say. Hitboxes. It has hitboxes that are really cool. I've never seen anything like it. It's no longer a box. It actually seems to follow the character model. So that made me very excited, because really that's all Nintendo had was Zelda from what I saw. Oh. But so so let's we can go around um, and then I'll come back and bring up my I do want to say about your dual universe game. I, I saw yeah. the trailer and honestly the only part of that trailer that I thought was actually kind of cool and hype was seeing that plane go like uh, descend yeah, on Yeah yeah that's planet. that but, is the cool part. But again they really weren't the first neat. to do that. No I understand that. Did that as well which is you know gotta give them props because they did pull that off. Keep yeah, in mind so... this is an independent project. <laughs> yeah and uh, I love the aesthetic style I like how it looks, and uh, I mean, it, there's no way it's this seamless <laughs> if you actually had your hands on it right now. At least I doubt it. I'm sure this, no, this is a pre-alpha footage. Of, they say it's straight out of the working client. So yeah, a lot of people say things are straight out of the working client, but unless I'm the one playing well, it, I don't believe it. Load it. In. You can literally, as you're watching Matt, I'm not, the trailer, I'm not about to start debating the validity of E3 trailers and things of the conversation. <laughs> So, but was I just want to. made by to... the same guys that did uh, Space Engineers because it looks kind of similar. No, not even close. All right, a little bit close. Like that's like maybe within a mile. <laughs> Give me a kilometer. Uh, maybe they're on the same street. They're, they're right, same street. on the same block. 
<laughs> I just I want to throw it out there. I'm not really impressed by Zelda. I don't really know what's going on with it. It looks like some weird sandbox game, and you can cut down. I was gonna say my issue with the C3 is the big trend seems to be open world games, right? And we yeah. see we see like you know genre uh, uh, franchises that don't really aren't known for that, like Zelda doing it now. I guess Wind Waker was kind of open worldy. Yes. But you know most of them not to the extent of like chopping trees and like you know that kind of stuff and like cooking in like open world. Mm-hmm. I don't know it. It can work for some games, but I don't think it should just be thrown in there for, like, just, just because. Fair enough. That's true. It has its place. Yeah. And it is weird to see it pop up in some games uh, like Zelda, which is what yeah. we think we're getting. I, I don't get it. So <laughs> is the point of this is the fact that he could stand up to, like, straighten his dodge. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he basically dodges just by standing up. I thought it was just a really neat. I haven't seen anything like that. I mean, I'm sure someone could bring up an example that's close. But at first, I thought there was nothing going on. I thought it was just, like... A, I thought the hitbox was actually broken, but yeah. I mean, I thought it was neat. Nice, nice. I actually can't hear you anymore. I don't know if you're talking. I mean, it looks it looks cool, right? Guys, can we can we dial the whole conversation back like th- ten seconds? Uh, Discord froze up for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Me too. Okay. Cool. So basically, what I said was, I said that uh, I thought that this looks like a weird survival game and not Zelda. Yeah. Yeah. The Zelda didn't seem like a Zelda. The aesthetic is not nice. I don't like the aesthetic. You don't like the in Zelda? No, it's just like it, everything looks nice on its own, but the way it came together, just I don't like it. It it doesn't mesh well, or it looks like unremarkable. You know what I mean? Like it's pretty but unremarkable. I gotta get my hands on it before I judge. So uh, what okay. was the thing you linked them? Tales of Bercia? You want to talk yeah, a little about that? Yeah, I linked that? it in the I linked it in the yeah. But again, I've long been a fan of Tales games. I think uh, at least Altai has as well, and this mm-hmm. one actually. Looks interesting. I mean, I like Tales of Vesperia the most, but uh, it's a new Tales game. Unfortunately, it's coming out in 2017, so we, we have a lot of uh, waiting to do. The good thing is, though, they announced it's coming in early 2017 for PlayStation 4 and PC. So they're, they're, they are going with that trend of releasing the game for... They're really embracing PC, which I really like. I wonder what the numbers are on that. If like, uh, I mean, it must be significant for... Mm-hmm. Why did they realize why not make it for PC? I, they got they, they got experience making their old games for PC because they poured them over, and they, you know they did uh, their other recent one. What was it called? Tales of um, what's the new one on Steam called? The one you didn't play? I don't think yeah. I played. Tales. No, she played it. Oh, you did. Which one? Tales of Eternia. No, not Vesperia. Zestiria. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Anyway, they they clearly got gotten used to it, but. That's the, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of hyped for that game, and it's it's PC, so it's somewhat relevant. It's an RPG, and it's right up my alley. Aside from that, the Detroit game, but I'll let somebody else take a shot at their favorite. Oh, well, yeah, Detroit. Right, so. I watched the trailer earlier. Yeah, that one looks cool. I've been criticizing your guys' choices, so I'm going to go ahead and say uh, oh. I think PS, I think Sony won this, like straight up won it. And like when I watched the God of War trailer, like I, mm-hmm. I didn't even believe it was God of War at first. It looks so nice, and it's like 
God of War has never looked like that. And the moments, the moments were just so fucking real. It was so raw and emotional. And then they followed up with Horizon Zero Dawn, and that looked fucking awesome. I just, I, I want to go out and shoot some mechs with a bow and have things explode. <laughs> I was watching the God of War one, and like when he's teaching his son how to shoot the deer, right, with the bow. And yeah. I swear, like I, I didn't double check it, but when he, when I feel like the kid got excited before he even like before the arrow even hit the deer. Like I feel like that was like a little bug. Like he shot the arrow before he hit the deer. He's like, I did it! I did it! I did it! I'm pretty sure it was it was off. I, I remember that back. same scene. To me, my issue with it was like the, it didn't seem fluid. Like the arrow like hit to the left, and like the deer, the impact like uh, animation was like in the middle. I don't know. It's a small. And you guys call me nitpicky. <laughs> Yo, I, I... <laughs> Yo, it's important. Right? I mean, you guys are missing the point. It's like so raw and emotional, and it's like so real compared to like all the other God of War games. I mean, it's yes. like a new era for it. And I just like I watched that and I'm like, holy shit, man. Like, they did good. And then they followed up with a fucking Norman Reedus in Death Stranding, whatever the fuck that means. All right, but I have an issue. I have an issue to bring up. So, do you, do you play the kid or the main guy? I, I'm assuming the main guy, right? Yeah, yeah you play but the main guy. In what game has properly pulled off escorting an NPC that's weaker than you and just around the world? I, I, I feel like that's a, recipe, that's a recipe for frustration. I don't like, think that's going to be a continuous thing, and yes. I don't think you're actually escorting him. I think it's he doesn't have a health bar. Did okay. you friendly fire okay. him? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. You know, What's I've funny never is, played God of War ever. I, I, I've never played yeah, it. Yeah, I have. Console game, so I never really got into it. You but missed I, out. Looking at this trailer, too, I, I, it was always interesting to see because in E3, they always like made it a point to show you that it's actual gameplay, right? So you would always see a camera facing a guy playing the game, right? Because they, they, they didn't want to make people think it was, oh, this is all pre-rendered nonsense. So there's always a guy actually playing the game, which is pretty funny because it, from it, think about it from you know, the audience perspective and his perspective. There is so much pressure on him to not F up because if he Fs up, it's so embarrassing. Literally <laughs> the whole world is watching this guy, right? And I think people made some uh, you know, complaints about the God of War. Some, he messed up a few times, but there was actually a video for the Final Fantasy 15 on oh, Xbox, right? Horrible. The guy would not Horrible. stop messing up. It really? was so cringy. Yeah, it was like, bad. Everyone like disliked the video, right? Because like this guy is awful. Why they let him play? You know, let somebody else play. Who actually? Like, it's the first time playing, and he just get thumpstered. <laughs> it's like he would just keep getting knocked down by the again and again. I thought so he was funny. building up tension, but and then I saw his face, and it, he looked concerned that he would but, get a game over. Somehow he got his health back. I don't know what happened there, but some yeah, uh, intervention nice. by the developers, maybe. It maybe. But like, he was yeah. tremendous pressure, regardless, which is just pretty funny. I know they were they were talking about that when they were playing Legend of Zelda. They were going on about how they were going to end up like having this switch off, right? And the next person was going to end up failing hard. And the one other person that was playing was like, "I suck at melee combat, so I like to sit <laughs> here with arrows and shoot them from afar." And then they get uh, I think they got Miyamoto up there, and Miyamoto sitting there like, "Yeah." When I run out of arrows, I like to let the enemies fire at me and pick up their arrows and shoot them back out. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this God of War uh, footage is pretty legit. Like, yeah. The, Did they specify? The uh, is it running on the new PlayStation Four? I mean, I imagine it would be. No, uh, they don't specify. Yeah, what's up with that? Any, any was there any word on the Neo, whatever it's called, four point five? No. No. Nothing. No. They they talked a little bit about PlayStation VR, which actually sounded like pretty interesting because they said uh, at first I thought it would only work on the new PlayStations, but then they said uh, we already have like 
30 million installed PlayStation devices out there, which makes the market for this huge. So I guess it's going to work on all the current, you know, PS4s. And also, you, you should you guys should watch the Horizon Zero Dawn stuff, the um, gameplay videos. I linked the trailer, but you should watch the gameplay ones because it looks great, man. It's an open world game where you have to run around and as tribal people shooting mechs, basically, and it's like insane. Let's see this. Uh, I like Resident Evil Seven, so. Okay, so this game right. is going to be RE Seven is going to be in VR, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's like, yeah, I thought it was a gimmick at first, like they're showing VR. You 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 bought it out on me, dude. You gotta repeat that. Yeah, this scored a little bit, but I think we're okay now. <laughs> well, I was trying to say is uh, he I think he said he was he thought this was a gimmick at first, but apparently, the new Resident Evil is gonna be in VR, and hopefully it uh, it'll be. I think I think scary games, especially like where it's not super combat intensive, where it's mostly the atmosphere, is where VR will shine for this generation because it's still too early for like the high end stuff, uh, too much movement, but uh, we do got this going. <laughs> I can still hear Gumby. Interesting. Just Remo seems to have. No, oh, no, he's gone too now. Well, welcome to the Altai Show, where it's just me, me and you guys. <laughs> you guys want to try? Can't hear you guys at all. <laughs> we're we're good. We're back. Do you guys wanna? Do you wanna switch channels here? I'm gonna switch to US East. All right. I'm back. We're back. All right, we're back. Here you go. We're back, back, boys. We're back. Sorry about that. I said, and I quote, I can hear you now. And Discord immediately disconnected me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was was saying earlier about Resident Evil 7. When I first saw this, I thought it was kind of gimmicky that they were showing off the VR. But I was kind of mind blown when they said the whole game would be playable in VR, not just the beginning. And I think think we talked about this earlier too, but PlayStation VR probably has the most potential out of any VR device because... You have the hardware like already out there, and I think it'd be very accessible for most people. I think uh, the the thing a lot of people are worried about with this game though is it looks a lot like PT. Like What's not wrong Resident with that? Evil. I, I think a lot of people want old Resident Evil. There were a lot of there. I've seen a lot of comments about that. But it what looks is cool old to Resident me, Evil, like, man? Resident Evil has always clunky controls, uh, too f- few yeah. ammo. Uh, right. like um. I think the thing is, it doesn't look like there's that much combat. It looks passive. It's a, it's a, the it's first a, time we're seeing on. the game. We you have can't no say that yet. Because like, Resident Evil 4 was it. very actiony. Resident Evil like 2 and 3 were just 5 weird. was all action. But yeah, I'm saying, I, that's what I think people are worried about. I'm, I don't like action in my Resident Evil games too much. But, uh, yeah, there's a demo. I still need to try it. Uh, I know that our buddy Dest and Discord streamed it for like five hours and he said he you could finish it in like 10 minutes but uh it does the pt thing and you can just keep going mm-hmm. speaking of uh, mist 2.0 wasn't there a game there was a game that looked a lot like mist announced right a game that looks a lot like mist i have no idea what you're talking about the witness Mate. no that's the game already came out <laughs> i don't know which one you're talking about hey it was a cute tracer video on your <laughs> Kawaii. I just showed up on the stream. 
Oh, all right, well, that's that's anything else on E3, guys? Anything? Uh... I did want to point out oh. how embarrassing. So I didn't have a chance to watch any other E3 event fully other than Microsoft. And it was it was full of cringe, and it was very embarrassing. Uh, my favorite part of Microsoft's um, presentation was before every single game, they had to say Windows 10 and Xbox One exclusive. A Windows <laughs> 10 and Xbox One exclusive. A Windows 10 and X... Shut the... Shut up! <laughs> it was like, it was... And then some of the presenters that came out just make it cringy. I mean, E3 always has those cringe moments. It, but Microsoft really... It was really embarrassing. I also don't think the people <laughs> that stood up there with the controllers were playing the game. It was a game of uh, Gears of War. And it was just the way it went about. Either they practiced before playing or it was just a cinematic aspect of the gameplay. They re pre-recorded it and they had the guys playing. It is, it is, I don't know. If you watch Microsoft, I'm sorry you watched Microsoft. It was lame. Uh, I'm, uh. I wish I had seen other... Uh, I wish I had seen Sony and Nintendo more rather than a little bit I saw. I wanted to but, uh, cover. Go ahead. Uh, I wanted to cover one more thing, okay. since it is sort of an MMO. Okay, so Steep, that winter sports pseudo MMO that Ubisoft is doing, kind of like uh, the crew in, you know, the division where you run into like phases and there are people you can run into and you can challenge them to different stuff and stuff like that. I just want to cover this because they did a damn good job, right? Mm -hmm. Like. Like, they, you see it, and it's like you have this insane sense of scale. And I've never seen a sports game get the sense of scale correct like this game did. And I'm sitting there like, I'm won over just by this. And then you see them going down, like, paragliding down the side of a mountain. And it's like, holy shit, you can race against the skiers in real time. And um, then you have the thing, like, one little detail. I'm all about the good details, right? When you go down with the skis, you can see, like, divots in the snow where your skis were in real time. It morphs it in real time. It looks gorgeous, Matt, but, like, who at Ubisoft is like, listen, that game's snow, you know? Because it looks, it's kind of looks like inspired by snow, which is another game we covered a while ago. Like, they looked at that game like, wow, snow is doing so well, we should make a game like it. But I think that's unfair because snow is mostly just, like, snowboarding and a little bit of skiing. What? No, it's skiing. Isn't it? No, it's, it's, it was oh, just... it's mostly skiing. Okay. But they Snow is not snowboard. a popular game. It's got 218 no. players on right now. It, I mean, it kind of boosted recently, but it, it goes from about 200 to 500. It's clearly not a big hit, so it's kind of weird to see like Ubisoft putting this out. But, I mean, I'm personally I, not I, a big fan I, of sports games, so I'm not too excited, but it looks pretty. I don't think it's fair to say that anyone at Ubisoft paid attention to Snow. I mean, really, it, it's a completely different market. I mean, I don't honestly, I don't get this game. Like, I guess it looks pretty, but... I guess that's not my cup of tea here, guys. It's, uh, it's probably just not your genre. Yeah. You know this how, appeals to a lot of people, actually. Just... You know how, like, uh, the best way I can put it, Tony Hawk, when they kind of went open world, and you kind of did things, like, you go over here, you do a challenge here, you go over here, do a challenge here. It's kind of like that. Except you can also run into other players and do challenges in, like, real time, and you can design challenges. You can share replays based on where you've done a challenge. You can share your spills. It's it's crazy. It's but really... Matt, will, we, will it be oh. better than SSX Tricky? No, impossible. I want to point out uh, that game looks great. I'm a big fan of like uh, winter sport games. I loved playing SSX Tricky, and I I really enjoyed playing Snow. I made a video for it. I also want to point out I have absolutely no faith in Ubisoft. Uh, they really have to earn my trust back, especially when it comes to their E3 presentations. I feel like Ubisoft drops the ball every time. 
they go to E3, they present this game, and then you get your hands on it, and it's a total... It does not live up to the hype. So uh, we'll see if they can pull through with this one. It looks interesting. But uh, I just, like, we got burned on uh, Watch Dogs. Uh, the Division... The division is Ubisoft, right? Yes. Yeah. That game, that game dropped it, it to an embarrassing degree. But people got a lot. Of, they got time okay. out of it too. I'm just I, saying. What I'm getting division... at. Go ahead. Go I, ahead. I think, Take it away. I think the thing about the division is it's unfair to say that like these pseudo MMOs are failing because they drop off heavily. I never. I didn't say failing. The whole well, the, the, it's unfair to like base your opinion on the fact that they drop off because they're like console games right you play them for a certain amount or not console games they're like offline games mm -hmm. you play them for a certain amount of time they have a certain amount of content they're not designed to be played forever it's just it has content for the people that want to play forever like pvp content like the dark zone or destiny has it's like halo like pvp areas but um they're not meant to go on forever all right i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna so steal gonna this topic off. away in a moment because we've been on E3 for a while, and this is this is the MMOs.com podcast, so we gotta bring up some uh, some MMO news. Good idea. I'm sure, we, I'm sure we can circle back around on E3 on the after show for a bit too, because I, I mean, there's still a lot of stuff we didn't talk about. I mean, a lot of it isn't really MMO related because E3 is, is there's a lot of console stuff on there too. But uh, I wanted to bring up Landsoul because they are uh, releasing the new new fighter class. I know oh, nice. she's our resident Landsoul expert, and I know she said uh, she hated Landsoul because of the balance issues. But shoot, uh, we actually had a guy read a really great article on MMOs.com about the death of Colin. East, like the fit you call yeah Colin. He wrote an article mm -hmm. about the failing uh, dreams of uh, the Blade and Souls fading esports dream. And he, did and it read, have to do with balance? Uh, he he brought it up, but then he said it was very quickly addressed. And actually, if you look at the top rankings today, it's uh -huh. a very good meshup of all the races. Uh, oh, summers that's do good. not overrepresent. So that. Yes. It's gotten a lot better then since it, it no it, they've on that regard it's gotten a lot better because but overall the, the tone of the article was negative because uh and he's also making a lot of mistakes but mm -hmm. they, they fixed it with the hung moon skills but it, it takes apparently just countless countless hours to unlock all your hung moon skills uh-huh but uh, so what's the uh, actually I, I guess i could check it out yeah also but i, I want to say it's pretty crazy because i didn't know how bad the esports scene was in um in blade and soul and I, i'm i think you guys are gonna laugh at this but as is, because there is no spectator client in the West, the way they, they cast Western tournaments is embarrassingly cringy. Is this the one where they do like the 3v3 and then they're like... Yes. <laughs> did, <laughs> I, cause, they did, they've been doing that since I was playing. Well, that's explain so it for the cringy. Audience. Explain <laughs> it for the audience. What, what they do is, because there is no... They want to do 1v1 tournaments, but oh because there God. is no spectator client, they have to get the caster in there, and they have to get like three vol four volunteers in the game, and the four volunteers just kill each other, and they expect it, and then they, they cast in the volunteers' perspective. So it takes like five minutes to set up every single game, and then the best out of you know best out of threes. So each match takes like at least three times longer than it has to because you have to set it up. It's just unbelievably cringy that they they they, they couldn't address that. I mean, it's been how many? How long has it been since when Soul came out? Uh, at least six months. I mean, oh, no. like I said, this was an issue January, when I right? was playing. This is this is gonna be going into the six months. Cause because yeah. I watched I watched tournaments when I when I yeah. like there was a time when I played Blade and Soul and I was like man I, I really want to be like it yeah. was kind of it was kind of giving me back like those those fighting game days and I was like yeah. I want to be like the best at Blade and Soul I'm gonna play the fuck out of this game and so I was watching tournaments and that's how they did it back then so I'm surprised that you know for a game that is saying oh we're gonna take ourselves seriously as an esport that they haven't supported that yet. 
It's absolutely ridiculous. So and you guys said the you guys said the American version didn't have this client. Does that imply yes. that the Korean one does? Uh, based on the screen, uh, there are there is a better like spectator. I think there's a spectator client for the Korean one because I did see a screenshot where it looks really good, like really professional. That, it, wow, that's really weird that right. they don't have it in the American one. I mean, they had four years to port this game. You know, like take take a look at this picture for example. Uh, it shows you the Imperial Blade Soul Stream versus the 2015 World Championships in Korea. Like, you can see there's like, it's 3v3, two guys are dead, and these guys are fighting. It's like, it's so poorly done. On that note, would you consider go, like, going back to Blade Assault now that they fixed the balance, apparently? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, that's like the rough thing about MMOs is like, once you it's step hard to out go of back. it, it's yeah. really difficult to go back. Like, you know, because then I'm going to come back, I'm going to have to like, catch up on PvE content. Relearn and then everything. Yeah, like, like you know, especially for a game like Blade and Soul, I feel like it's very, like, um, what's the word? It's not really muscle memory, but it's very, like, twitchy like just having the twitchy, yeah, like having the feel of, like, where my buttons are. Like, I'm mm -hmm. going to have to regain all of that. And and it's it's really, really tough on Blade and Soul, like, compared to, like, other games, so. Oh, then, no, I actually just started playing again, because uh, why not, you know? Because uh, yeah. I, I rolled a character on Europe with Shiro, but then I kind of quit pretty early. But then I made another character in America, so I just started leveling him. I'm only like level 20, but I had to oh, restart how's again. How's that going? I, I I, I'm really fun. I remember how much fun the combat is. Oh, that's good. I just started the game today, and I, I chose a Kung Fu Master, and I like the counter thing so far. You, so, you, like the, you like the combat, though, right? Yeah, the combat's pretty cool. I mean, I, I told you guys, I don't think that it's a bad game. I just thought it was generic. Other I, than the combat. That was all I said. Okay, other than the combat. All right. All right. Yeah. That was <laughs> that was all I said. <laughs> I so, mean I mean I I never really like like hated on the game itself. It's just I, I hate it on like the, the balance. Like I said, it, it has one of the best ideas mm -hmm. for a game and it's just not executed well in my opinion. But I mean if, if if they did do all the changes, I mean I'm I'm willing to maybe give it another chance. It's not a bad that game. I mean, obviously, there's still issues with the game, as this guy uh, points out. Colin points out in his article, but at least that one balance issue did get addressed. Because before, everyone on the top, you know, ladder was summoner, and now yeah. it's uh, it's a much better balance of everything. Yeah. What are the party sizes in this, this game? Too. I remember them. You guys mentioning they were pretty small. What was pretty small? Party uh, four, size? I think, was four is like the elite party size for like the major endgame content, at least, at least when I played. Yeah, I, I think a game like Blade and Soul, where like the, the, I guess the one-on-one -on -one combat is so such a big part of it, I don't know. For, to me, an MMO can't be like that. It's got to be more about group combat and group raids and group content. So I, it never really drew me for that reason. I do think a game like Blade and Soul, it needs to have an option, just like Guild Wars 2 does, where you, as soon as you start the game, you can just start PvPing, and you have all your skills unlocked, all your Hung Moon skills unlocked, your max level, and you can just participate in the PP right away. I feel like the game does a very half-assed job of doing that because. So you're saying it shouldn't be an MMORPG? Just pick no, a fighting game. <laughs> Guild Wars 2 has that as well today. It gears you up perfectly for PP. Once you get level two, you can start doing PP basically. Well, I'm not sure it's level two, but really early on, you get all the same gear, all the same skill, everything as everyone else on the PP level. But it's also an MMORPG. Why not do the best of both worlds? This does. They they really half-assed it because you do get. To max level when you go PvP, even if you're not max level, but you don't have all your skills unlocked and you don't have your Hung Moon stuff available. Why do they do that though? Why even half ass it? Uh, I don't know. Alright, guys, I'm gonna. I need to head off for a bit. I, I might be back towards the end. Alright, she's got a she's got a bail and uh. See ya. See you later. See you.
And then we'll switch See topics ya. off on Blade and Soul, because I, I know Shu, Shu and I were, were the only ones that really played that. Alright, so, I want to cover this. I started Wildstar last night, too. And I played for three hours. Like, that. I rarely do that right off the bat, right? Mm -hmm. And I have no idea why people hate it. I really like the combat. It feels really fluid, and, like, I don't actually have to target anything. I can just use the telegraphs on the ground and try and, like, AoE them into it with the character I'm playing as, at least. And I just, I don't get it. I don't get why people hate it. Like, I, I hated the tutorial the first time around, and I quit because I got bored as shit mm -hmm. the first time I played. But now the new tutorial is, like, really nice. It's really fast. It goes through, and, like, the first thing you do, basically, is they let you hoverboard across an area. And I'm like, it, it's, it starts out really cool, and I don't get why people hate it so much. Uh, got... Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. We did it for Sunday Funday a long while back, and... I, I actually had a lot of fun. I wanted to keep playing after Sunday Fun Day ended, and I kept playing for a few hours. And um, no, the rest of the crew just bailed, so you know I didn't know what to play with, so I stopped as well. But yeah, I thought it was a pretty fun game. I had no issue with it. The combat was fluid. I liked the cartoony look. I don't know. Matt, what, res like what resolution did you play on? What like resolution? Curiosity. Yeah. I played on 2560 by 1080. Okay. 2560 is excellent because I know all that I pointed out last time we played Wildstar it was a pretty funny issue that if you play on 1920 by 1080, you have like 80% of the screen full of interface. Yeah. Oh, damn. You can scale it down, right? But by default, yeah. half your screen is interface. Half your screen. I, like, I was exaggerating, yeah. obviously. And also, I, I don't know. I just like... Uh, I, I feel like it's a completely different game. You know what I mean? From the last time I played it. I mean, I don't know how much they've actually changed, but like the overall feel of it, it just feels completely different. And I mean, there's so much personality in all the characters and everything. Mm -hmm. And I prefer the combat in a game like Wildstar to like the fake action combat in games like Terra or Blade and Soul. I don't know. I just prefer the the, the action combat in Blade and Soul is not fake. It's literally the one of the only MMORPGs where the com where the action combat is real. I would say. I don't know. I, mean, I, I I have zero confidence in Asian developers being able to pull off MRPG combat that's. Fluid. You haven't played Blade and Soul, and, and if anything, I think almost universally people agree that the combat in Blade and Soul is good. I mean, yeah, I even, agree. The people that, even the people that quit the game for other issues, they all say, look, it's the best combat in any MRPG period. That, that seems like a pretty but, wide But here's content. the thing, I, I guess it depends on what you're looking for in combat in MMORPG. For me, I want an MMORPG to be like a collaborative, uh, not twitchy combat. So for example, like in a raid in WoW, where you click one, two, three... One, two, three. How and that, that and that's your. That's fun, I think. For me, that's fun. And How like, is that fun? That is literally the opposite of fun. I don't know. But instead of just, you know, like uh, every time you right. kill a goose, you got to like run around, like combo, like a moon sky beam, you know, a combo attack. I don't know. It's just not my style. I prefer tab targeting. This prefer the rotation. Who, plays, who played Priest in uh, World of Warcraft. So he's literally playing diner dash level gameplay where he sees the little bars go down. Oop, let's give this guy the burst deal. Oh, this guy is even a little. Okay, so. Uh, Come on. So, uh,. Poison T was asking if the questing sucks in Wildstar, and it's kind of like a mix of generic stuff, and then it's yeah. got like events. Like you have, in one of the first zones that I started in, you have like this boss you have to fight, and it's an event, and you can have a bunch of people just join in automatically and fight the boss together and get credit for it. And then you have like your path quests, and we chose explorers, so like we have to do cartography, which means we have to visit the entire map before we leave. We have to, um, like, find vistas and place beacons there and stuff like that. And I think it's pretty cool. I mean, I, I, I just, I don't get the hate. I'm going to interject real quick. Uh, Vindictus, MRPG, great game. Combat, real-time combat there, combat action-y works there. You know why? It's not trying to be an open-world MRPG. It's got, like, stages, right? That's fine. Yes. Yeah. But I think in That's... an open world where, you know, you're trying to make this whole, you know, uh, 
virtual you know environments society whatever t- i think tap targeting I, i'm not mm-hmm. gonna say it's the best for all time but it's better than the alternatives that have been tried so far and then uh, again no I, I i i ain't buying what you're selling buddy i think this is a great like transition so i also mm-hmm. played critica which is another yes uh yes combat mmo right so i played that and uh i played it with a friend and with cat and um we played through our entire fatigue bar the first time like just straight through the entire fatigue bar to level 15 and i I really liked it uh it's basically basically 3d dungeon fighter it is almost identical to 3d dungeon fighter except i like the combat a lot more it's so smooth and i like i love i played as a scyther and i love where when you do the dash forward and then you just keep attacking and it like spins the scythe around, right? In that attack, and it just like gets everything around you. Matt, you played the scythe for the giant boobies, didn't you? Let's no. be real. Let's keep it real. Let's keep it real, no. Matt. No. The first Jeez, thing I, I did was put on the schoolgirl outfit and hide the giant boobies. Wow. What wow. a sin. That is that is a shame, Matt. You were doing a disservice to everyone else in the game who was gonna look at your character. That's, honestly, that's ban worthy in my opinion. You can't hide the boobs. But yeah, I, I like the game. It's a lot of fun. It's just, it with three people at least, I don't know about soloing, mm. but with three people at least, it is way too easy. It is so easy. But this is a problem a lot of MRPGs have, where difficulty, like, is just brain-dead easy. And, like, how do you, where do you strike a balance between, like, because obviously you want to make the beginning relatively, you know, like, you can die, you know, you want to make it a little challenging, but you don't want people, to, you don't want people to quit right away, and they want to learn the ropes, but... I feel like no game really does a good job at that right now, where it's challenging enough that it feels rewarding. Yeah, well, uh, but, uh, we did die in Riders of Icarus. Remember the beginning? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 Riders of Icarus. I, I would say Riders of Icarus is a good balance for that because you can die in that. I think yeah, uh, that was the... always surprising. I always feel like I'm playing the game wrong when I die early on. It feels like I'm mix, missing out on putting skill points in or stat points in somewhere, and it just shows you that, at least for me. My initial experiences have always been so easy. I've always been so OP. So when I actually find a game where it's challenging, I'm confused. <laughs> it's like a shock I'm, to you. Now. I'm really confused. Yeah. And I, just, no. I, oh, go ahead. I wanted to throw it out there. If anybody in the chat wants to play Critica, there is no IP block, so you can. It's in English. And if it's you play PVE, right it's not really in closed beta. But anyways, um, it's closed beta. It, it's not really closed beta. Anyone can play it. I literally just made a new account and played yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I know, but. But uh, there's no lag that noticeable when you play PVE. But if you go into PVP, like, and you have, if you're spectating someone else's match, you will notice every people, everybody just like jumping around. Like it, it's pretty bad in PVP, but PVE, it's pretty tolerable. Nice. There will be a server wipe before. Uh, well, actually, no. June 8th is when uh, apparently it begins, so you get to go actually. So there won't, there won't be a wipe going forward, but I was going to say on difficulty too. I actually, after watching the Warcraft movie, I wanted to play Warcraft 1 and 2 just to mess around, just to follow the story a little bit. So I actually launched uh, through a DOS, bo- DOS, DOS box or DOS? How do you pronounce that? DOS or DOS? DOS, DOS box. MS DOS. Okay, I, I launched uh, Warcraft 1, and I literally lost on the first mission. Like, look look, where, look how far difficulty is, like, swayed up and down. I lost on the tutorial mission. We got to build six farms. Because I, I, I moved, moved forward and aggroed these two guys, and it's, the control was so difficult and so weird for the first time playing that game in ages that my guys died, and then I, I, I literally lost. I've never lost a tutorial before, but no, it's, it's possible in these older games. I like that. It makes yeah. it feel more rewarding. The only game I've played like that recently uh, was Brigadour, 
which is a mm-hmm. indie game that you can find on Steam where you're a mech in a isometric environment. It's like a cyberpunk world, and it I, it was surprisingly hard. Again, I thought I was messing up because it was too hard. Uh, it's so funny. I really I I wonder will we find a, a new niche of games? I mean, they do exist where it's just you know it's designed for the hard audience. Um, and I guess what I'm really getting at is. Do most people want it to be easy going in? Is that done to get yeah. to the most of our people? Yeah, most people want it to be easy. Like, uh, I, I know even like a lot of people that I knew that claim to be hardcore gamers, they're like, yeah, I play on easy. And I'm sitting there like, I started Witcher 3 up and I immediately put it on blood and broken bones. And I'm like, I'm done with it going forward. On that note, because I say, I mean, I, I usually say I want something more difficult, right? But that reminds me, I played when I, when I played Heavy Rain, right? Because the kind of game it was, this is my reasoning. Because it was like a story-driven game. Because it asked you like, how, you know, like what's your skill level? Like, there's like hard, normal, easy, and like, I'm not too familiar with the six-axis controller. Like, I'm not familiar with the controller. <laughs> I, I, I clicked not familiar with the controller. It's like I made it brain dead easy. <laughs> like I can't believe that's an option. Like I'm not, I'm not quite familiar with the controller. It was the option I picked for my difficulty level. Jason. Uh, exactly. I will never forget Jason. <laughs> But I do, again, I do want the game to be a little bit more difficult because it's got to be a good balance between difficulty and ease. And like you said with, with Critica, it just felt really easy. And I think most games end up feeling that way. I think the one silver lining with mobile games getting big is it will drive the, the casuals out of the PC gaming market. And then developers will feel freer to make harder games oh, without so the I, option I think, for I'm okay. being familiar with the controller. Okay, that's not how it's going to work, though. It's going to drive the casuals out of the PC market, and then the PC market is going to die because no, there's going to be no money there. No, I don't believe there. that. Because look at a game like Solaris, uh, you know, or any of the games by Paradox. Solaris. Yeah, yeah Solaris. Or any of the games by... Uh, they're pretty, you know, in-depth. They don't, they don't... They're pretty hardcore. They never, they never tone it down at the complexity for the general audience, but, and they still sell well. There's an audience there. So uh, I think even MMORPGs can... Because, you know, the old games we played, like you played Link Realms, I played Ultima... Ragnarok, you know, the private servers. There were never like tens of thousands of people online. Maybe there was like a thousand, right, on a on a good server, and that was enough for yeah. the immersion factor to kick in. So I think there's going to be room for games like that, if and only when these developers stop chasing these casuals who just want brain dead games where they beat on wolves and never lose health. You know, so good riddance. Good riddance. <laughs> I, played, I don't I know. Forsaken World Mobile. That's a brain dead game right there. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I think I think at the very least I want to see groups required more because I see a lot of comments that are sitting there like, I want to be able to solo my entire time in an MMORPG. I'm like, dear sir, you do not want an MMORPG. Get over it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but I want to be a lone wolf player like Kirito from Sword Art Online. Well, then you have to be really good or or stupid. Huh? <laughs> There's a, there's a fine line between being good at a game and just being a dumbass. Wow. Shots uh, fired. Yeah, but so. again, I don't I don't think we're gonna get the complexity of game uh, we had in the early MMO, the golden age of MMORPGs until these casuals leave the market. So here's hoping for that. Let, let mobile draw them away. Exactly. It, it's funny because in my in my mo, in my Forsaken World mobile video, besides being braided that easy and built in bought like all of the Chinese nonsense games. I look at the cash shop, and in order to get VIP level 15, mm-hmm. you have to spend, I calculated, $166,000 to get the highest level of VIP. Who's got that kind of money to blow on a, on a Forsaken World Mobile? Well, we know one guy. We know one guy from the comments section, what's true. 
It's a sign of success when you spend $166,000 on a mobile game. It means that you've made it in the world, and you're just floating. That guy just wants to hack and slash and pay to win. That's all, is, that's that, is that the word he used? No. No, that's a, that's a Black Desert thing. I, I ran into a guy that said that once. <laughs> well, yeah, Master X Master is becoming a thing. You can cover that too. Oh yeah, this game uh, it's apparently it's closer to release or to some kind of testing phase coming up. They have an alpha date. Let me give you the video for it first. It's June oh, I got 24th. It. I, am, I am on the page, boys. Don't it worry. It is June 24th. Uh, some other sites misconstrued the bold text and put June 21st, but I can assure you it is June 24th. <laughs> <laughs> I like that jab. I mean, do um, you guys think a game like Master X Master has a chance of competing with like the really, really competitive mobile world of what we have today? With like two games dominate, possibly three if you count Smite? No. See, but See, I think it can get by. I think it'll get by too, but here's the thing with Master X Master. It exponentially raises the complexity of MOBAs. Because you have to learn yes. two different characters, but first, you have to learn which two characters work well together and work with your playstyle, and then learn both of those characters, know when to switch them, know who they're good against, and you know switch what instantly other too, players right? are using, and then how to counter them. <laughs> I don't know. Just... I, I'm not giving it a chance. I don't think it's going to find a place. I like the complexity because at least, at least like to, like a lot of games that came out, whether it's Infinite Infinite Crisis, which and uh, there's also what was that sci-fi one very, with the RTS elements, whatever. They really didn't like they were just bland and they were kind of just like they oh, took the existing about genre. Supernova. Supernova, yeah. They were very bland. They didn't push the envelope at all. At least you see a game like uh, Master X Master doubling down on like complexity because it really does seem pretty complex. I haven't played it yet, but conceptually, being able to switch between heroes instantly and with the weapons, with the variety. It just—it seems a lot more complex than your average MOBA, so they might find the audience there. Okay, well, time to be racist again. It's developed by Asia. Remember, I don't think the combat will be as fluid as Dota or League. What? Just based on that. That's my. That's For my the record, input. League is owned by the Chinese. Oh, owned by, not developed by. For the record, Japanese games are some of the most fluid. Uh, for the record, Japanese don't know how to make PC games. So we're talking about PC games, online, right. online multiplayer. That, that, is, that is a valid point. All right, because. <laughs> Japan's very big on console and mobile right now. I, I think the whole different ballpark, making a game fluid over the internet versus locally, right? Because locally it's doable, it's up to you. But kind of, you have to use a lot of tweaks and gimmicks to make it feel fluid online. When even though there's latency Gonza, issues. Gonza Duel is actually a remarkable example of a very fluid game where 90% of the time the guy would just freeze in the air. Yeah, exactly. So if you get the net code wrong, it's it's like it goes to crap. Because that's pure to that's like pure to pure nonsensical netcode. That's why. Yes, thank you, chat. Final Fantasy fourteen. Enough said. And fan, uh, Fantasy Star Online two also. And over. Two what? out of how many online they games don't have, you made? Uh, uh, for well, PC? Do you guys remember okay, playing? What was that mech game we played? The audience. The... What was that? What was that mech game we played? It was like the Japanese like weird looking one. You buy by that. Omar, you know what I'm talking about. Cosmically. Cosmically. How Cosmically. janky did that feel? It was janky. Yeah. I think it, I don't think that the game was actually janky. I think the combat was awful. Yeah. Very, well, yeah, it, yeah. It, it was just awkward. I didn't understand, like, when we played, how you determined whether or not you could hit somebody. You know what I mean? <laughs> it just happened. Cosmically waifus, though. That's the only reason to play was for the waifus. I think, Why uh, even bother having the robotic characters as a choice? What was the other one? The uh, the 
the one before it. Uh, Cosmic. The... What was it? Cosmic Break. Cosmic That's Break. It. Yes. I Cosmic think that, that one's a lot better. I can't remember though. Why are these random thing you linked me? Why are these reviews you linked me? Okay, because we mentioned Final Fantasy XIV. I, I, I thought this Steam page was pretty funny. I'm looking at the reviews for Final Fantasy XIV on Steam. Uh, the top, the top one is I can't wait till I get Alzheimer's so I can play this for the first time again. And the guy says 3,500 hours played, ruined my life. It's pretty fun though. But I like the last one, 2,700 hours played, and he says it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's I. <laughs> I liked Final Fantasy XIV quite a lot. Uh, the game is really well on Steam too, I believe. Let me look at it because I, I, I kind of want to try it now too because you never played it. No. Wow, I'm, I'm surprised. It's actually the last MMORPG where I I it was like um, that was my life was playing Final Fantasy XIV, uh, and I really haven't done that that often since then. But I had a ton of fun. Got all the way to the end game. Got to turn five, and uh, great game. Good community too. The only issue with that game was the uh, PS3 players. You had to kick them out of your group because uh, they clearly. They just weren't as good as the PC players. It was a weird mix. It was like a cast system. <laughs> you had to keep the console plebs. Somebody asked, uh, does Final Fantasy XIV have more subs than WoW? No, it no definitely way. does not. 100%. No way in hell. Because WoW still makes it to the most highest revenue generating uh, games list, while uh, Final Fantasy XIV is not on the top 10. <laughs> that was a good chart. Did we mention it last time with the top 10? Uh... No, we're gonna bring it up now because uh, we did this. We discussed last. We were talking about buy to play versus free to play again. A very popular discussion we have, and uh, we I know. Not... We'll we'll leave the buy to play versus free to play out of this discussion. Just just bring up the news. Leave the buy to play versus free to play. Uh, no, I, I I I gotta rub it in. Uh, whatever it is, link me the link me the chart, baby. Okay, Omer. Link Omer. me the chart, all baby. I'm gonna link you the chart. All I'm gonna say. This is my entire argument. We talked about growth potential. We talked about it. It ends there. All right. Uh, the, the news is that the six out of the top ten grossing MMOs are free to play. Your champion of free to play here has defended the business model. Because of growth potential. Again, Again, if you want to be the top ten grossing game, you got to be free to play, baby. All right, let's go. Let's go down the line, boys. Ready? This is defense sure. right here. League of Legends. Boom. Big game. Been around for a while. No dispute. It's got the scale to be free to play. No dispute. Number two, Crossfire. Boom. Chinese. Drop it out of the list. No chance in America. Get out of here. <laughs> Dungeon Fighter Online, already shut down by Nexon in America. Came back as some kind of tinky one server fan, you know, service. All right, boom, down. Let's get rid of it. Wow, pay to play. I win. <laughs> I got you, man. I just excuse the top three that, that completely, you know, invalidate your point and stick to the fourth one, which, by the way, the other three are like so much bigger. They're big. Also, I bet League, like, half their money comes from like China, right? More probably. I don't know no, exactly. Honestly, I think League is very like League makes a lot of money in the West as well. So okay, you can't. Here's the thing. That. League is only as successful as it is because of its player base. Look at the average spending per player. Okay, it is significantly lower than if seven million people buy a sixty-dollar game on release date and never have to pay for League, anything. League has League makes more money than any any console game. You Ever. got because oh, of time. growth, because no, of how be, many people it people, has. Yeah. Because of reason. China, 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 China. Crossfire, China. Dungeon Fighter, China. <laughs> what about World of Tanks? That's actually Eastern Europe. Okay, okay. World of Tanks is uh, the first Quite game on this list that's actually like free, you know, free to play and doing well in the West. I'd say, surprisingly, you uh, know. So, uh, <laughs> Fantasy Westward Journey, 
I don't know what that is. Some Chinese nonsense. I've tried to play that, but you have to register with a, a Chinese social security number. So I'm just like, no, I'm not. Oh, you can make it up, and it yeah. works. You just put it, in any random. Uh, what is it? Like, yeah, but then you just... steal somebody's identity. It doesn't matter. You don't know whose it is. You just steal somebody's. Also, Matt, you, you argue that that one guy paying seventy bucks is more than the average revenue that a game like League makes. I mean, obviously, if I sell one game for thirty bucks, that's more than average revenue per user than any game on that list because they're free to play. But it also has more people that pay more. But but why do you the think average it has is more low because it has a high, it's free and it has a high number of um, users. Yes, yes. but the and it makes people a lot more paying money. more are paying more because of growth potential. If all you have is the one payment. There's no growth potential. It's just that. No, they, 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 they could sell cosmetics too, the same exact way. Overwatch sells cosmetics. Guys, China. I think you guys are missing the China picture here. Uh, well, well, look, look at a game like uh, Battleborn. It, it tried to compete with Dota and League and other MOBAs. And like, wait a minute, let's slap a $60 price tag on this. Oh, wait, what an awful idea. Actually, it was actually a good idea if they go free to play later. But, you know, from a monetization point of view, it just you can't charge money for a MOBA. It's not going to work. When everything, when, when you have the two biggest competitors in the world that are free to play. Well, Overwatch is going to be big. Yeah. Pay to play. I, I, I just, I think you guys are looking at the numbers without looking at why the numbers are the way they are. Uh, no, because I'm, I'm with you on works. this, Matt. This is a few times we agree, right? Maybe for yeah. different reasons, but. <laughs> the average revenue per league player is about $1.30 per year. Pretty low. Yeah, because it's mainly the big spenders who make up for it. Yeah, because a lot of people don't spend any money. I've spent very little money on League. I think maybe I spent like $15 altogether ever on League myself. And I got a lot of value out of it, so... That's a, I got the most value out of that game with dollars spent. There was actually another chart along with this, um, this article, I think. Something about the gaming size of the player base in each continent. Wait, is this an actual chart we have access to? Because I was looking at a lot of charts that looked interesting, and I didn't have access to any of them, and I'm just like, damn you. <laughs> I, I like how Blade Souls on the list, but it's by play in Korea. I don't even okay. want to know how much this fucking costs. Oh, yeah, super daily lists are very expensive. If you want to buy their research... 2500 like, Yeah. Are you serious? Yep. Damn. Here's a fun fact, guys. As far as uh, pay-to-play goes... Terra and Blade and Soul are both bigger than Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. Yeah, that's strike. I mean, well, they've been out uh, quite a bit longer now. And they are, you know, that's home turf. Uh, I, guess, like I guess. I, I honestly don't think Final Fantasy XIV has much scope for long term outside Japan. I, I, know, I know it was kind of big in the West, but I don't know anyone personally who played it, uh, really, that's still playing. Or was even playing six months out. I mean, do you know anybody who's still playing Blade and Soul or Terra in the West? Uh, no. Omer, he started it off. Uh, yeah, oh, Omer, Omer right here. Yeah. I don't think Omer counts. Wow. <laughs> I think we're going to discount him. Super Data released a new report actually saying that um, they expect PCLI multiplayer sectors to climb 13% in 2016. And they actually said League of Legends generates today $150 million a month. $150 million a month. That is insane. If you look at that list, how much money has like, like WoW made on that list? Guys, guys, I've killing guys. You. WoW shoes not here, and she can't protest. Sunday fun day. Do you guys want to revisit Wild Starts? It came out on Steam. Yeah, I'm down for that. Sure. I was gonna say Blade and Soul since Omer's already playing. It. I'm always down for Blade. I'm, I'm not down for either. 
All right. Well, yeah. Between we'll those pick two, one of those two. We'll, we'll flip a coin. Actually, if you look at we talk about how you know uh, Matt was saying Wildstar is not as bad as people say, it's doing quite well on Steam as well. I mean, I know when Matt wrote the article, it was just came out, so it didn't update the numbers. It, yeah, no, I, I that was that was sarcastic because everybody yeah, loves yeah. to hate on it. Twenty six hundred uh, people are playing about an hour ago. Peaks at four thousand twenty five hour peak, and that's that's pretty solid. It's a lot of people. I think our expectations have been reduced here. I don't think two thousand is solid. I mean, no, because here's I the think thing. two thousand is a solid for, number for a game that's basically making nothing. Yeah, that plus look at the number of people playing. Like the top, just to be on the top fifty of Steam, I say is pretty good. Really. One thing you guys are also overlooking is that Wildstar just came out on Steam. And uh, yeah, the attrition I imagine, rate is up to ass. Uh, yeah, exactly. The retention rate is, will not be high. I, I'm more curious to see what the numbers are 30 days after, rather than making any judgments now. Retention I, rate I will, is always pretty duke. I will be shocked if it even breaks. I will be shocked if, it, if it's anywhere close to 2,000 after 30 days. It's going to be more like around 1,000, I imagine. So Okay, I found the chart you're looking for, by the way. Cool. So... This chart, I like this chart because China, 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 China. Exactly, it kind of proves my China, China, China. China. I mean, okay. look how little both of them make in the U.S. I mean, it's tiny. Yeah, uh, North America is a very small market for these free-to-play games. There's no doubt. Yeah. Actually, I remember I quoted the Nexon uh, earnings release. They said like less than like five. I think less than like four percent of Nexon's money comes from North America. I can't believe so how much money it's in Europe. Europe is bigger. North America. Oh yeah. no, Europe. I think uh, I, I don't want to don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that Europe really bought into the whole um, browser strategy games thing because you've got like Inno games yes. is huge, you're enormous. Right, right. Yeah, you're right. I think actually I remember we got a, like an adver uh, advertising request with one of these browser strategy games, and they revealed to us how much money they make per player. So the the, the, the industry term would be average revenue per paying user. And they said that when once a person spends like even a dollar on a game like those browser strategy games, you know the games like Evany, basically Clash of Clans on browser, um, they end up spending like eighty dollars a month for six months. So when you, as soon as they what? get you, as soon as you get a nibble, as soon as you get a taste, right, they get you for like four hundred eighty bucks yep. on average. Damn. That's, That's and obviously some people spend more, but four eighty the being the average is insane. That's a lot of money. Damn. That's why they can afford to advertise everywhere. You see, like the you see, even like game game of war ads everywhere because they can afford to. Because if one guy buys into it, they make five hundred bucks. That's enough to run an ad for like so like to get so many more people. Yeah. My mind is blown that people can play those games because I I see comments on games like Mobile Strike and Game of War and MMOs.com. People are like, I played for free for like this much time, and some pay to winner came and just stomped me. You know, like what do you do? How do you compete against the pay to winners in those games? You pay. Yeah, but why even why even enter that pissing contest? To be the best, because you want to piss more, longer, and stronger. Lo more, longer, and stronger. I like Th it. That's that is the name of the game. You know what I like about it's this chart, theory. guys? All right, so we have North America, Latin America, mm -hmm. two continents, Europe, th you know, third continent, Asia, four, and then instead of like and for Africa, they just call it rest of the world. <laughs> and it ah. Australia too, doesn't it? I, I don't know. Maybe it lumps it with Asia. I don't know. It loves you with Antarctica, you know. There's, there's, there's some big spenders on uh, Game of War in Antarctica, all right? All right, yeah, so... Uh... Omer sounds like he'd be bad at League of Angels, too. <laughs> yeah, I would not open up my credit card, so yes, that would be awful. Okay, so Cinnamon Jam is asking about Glory Victus thoughts, and I've played a few hours of Glory Victus, so I, I'm just going to throw this out there. I, I like the...
premise, and I like the overall, like the basic gameplay, but it needs a lot of work. Like right now, combat's a little janky. Like if you play with a melee I love weapon, that word. instead of a, um, instead of like a bow or something, you are nine times out of ten going to miss the birds when you attack the birds. You're gonna miss them nine times out of ten. I don't know what happened. You can watch it in the stream. It's in the, um, it's in our archive, and it's just it was awful. I, I don't know what happened. But when you're fighting against uh, actual human AI, it works pretty well. And the PvP, right, it seems like it's going to be really cool because it's like open-world, faction-based PvP where you take different points and stuff, and you have to hold them. And when mm -hmm. you take the points, the NPCs change to your, fa your like country's NPCs, and they try to defend it. And they'll keep all the lower level players away. Like we tried to go up against a level 40 NPC and we got our asses handed to us. <laughs> but um, it, it seems like it'll be pretty cool. It's just got to, it needs a little work. And it's got that stupid thing where uh, NPCs just sit in the middle of the field and wait to die. They don't move for anything until you show <laughs> up. So that needs work. And um, it's doing well on Steam too, over a thousand. Yeah. It does have very Mountain Blade-like combat, which impressed me quite a bit. Like, the fact that it feels that much like Mountain Blade, and it's in an MMO. I mean, but it, it is a little buggy, and uh, at the very end of the video, right, I had to end the stream because I lagged out, and I would have to quit all the way out of the game to rejoin. Wow. Yeah. So the servers need work, too. But it's, it's there. It's got potential. It's just it needs a lot of stuff filled in. It needs a little work. Was it proper to release into early access at this point? Yeah, I mean, it works well enough for early access. It's just, um, like I said, the servers are having issues. You can time out, basically, and you'll just sit there stuck in this circle because it'll pull you back to where the server last saw you mm. if you try to go outside of that area. And you'll just sit there forever. I mean, you never recover from most of it. I know we uh, we, we, we kind of were done with E3 for a while, but do you guys remember that game of Kings and men or whatever it was called yeah 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 okay so my brother showed it to me like we were so excited right and then there was a part in it where it's like uh large-scale combat with over 200 players right and you see like all these people running around the first thing i thought was there's no way this is going to happen because the server's just going to crash like i can't believe we're in 2016 and there's still so many games with server issues whether it's you know tree of savior just i don't know if the technology is there to support kind of like a lot of things with lots of connections well, going on at once the way that I read it for of Kings and Men is it's going to be kind of like Planet Side, where you have like those instances where the mass, the most you can have, right, is like 200 players, and then it's just over 200 with more than 200. So 200. Okay. Well, I, I guess they'll have like a, like a cap, you know, like Planet yeah. Side has, and you have the regions, and it's open world, but only so many people can be in that region at one time, yeah. and it's instanced out, sort of, but you walk through the instances, kind of. That's that's what I got from it. It it kind of looks like. Uh, if you took Clash of Clans and made it kind of like Planet Side, that's what it reminds me of. Hmm. I mean, the, the, what, what excites me about that is the potential Twitter verse, like the, the massive battles where players actually controlling like, every hero. Like, you would play as one guy. That just sounds really cool. Like just a huge, large-scale battle like that. Like ever, ever, ever since I've watched like, Gladiator, that scene at the beginning, like the, the massive fights. I always wanted to play a game like that. I mean, you had Chivalry, but Chivalry was always like what 64 players max. It was never that full epic feel of like 200 plus players just sieging for a city, <clears throat> and that yeah. sounds awesome on paper. But you know, I got I got to see it. Got to play it. I think the the 
the theoretical limit, I guess, for a number of people in a one area is EVE Online, where basically each client is a spreadsheet, right? Because everyone zooms out all the way, so there's no graphics being displayed. And even then, it grinds to a halt, right? Like, the game slows it down on purpose. But I don't know. Just something, even like a spreadsheet can't have more than like a thousand people accessing it once before it crashes. So whether a game can have 200 plus, I, I'm very skeptical. Well, that's the point of uh, Spatial OS, right? So there is a company called Improbable. And this is what Chronicles of Illyria and Worlds of Drift are supposed to be using to run their games. And it's, as far as I understand it, and I am not someone who understands these types of things well, as far as I understand, it's basically be like cloud computing, right? You're going to run your one server, one shard on a large network so you can support all these people and independent objects and different physics at once. And this it, is supposed it, to... did, didn't Eve do that before? I'm not, well, I'm not sure how Eve it, uh, works. It, Matt, it's not. I, I don't know how this this works. It's it's very vague, right? Because mm -hmm. it's their technology and it's new, and they want to keep their secrets to themselves. But the difference is, this is designed from the ground up to allow persistence of every single object. It's designed from the ground up to allow physics in a massively multiplayer environment. It's, it's supposed to handle these hard calculations that usually grind servers to a halt. I don't know how it works, but it's a distributed network that is supposed to be able to handle this stuff. So basically, mm -hmm. there are people trying to... I guess this is definitely a known issue. Aaron, yeah. as you were saying, it's surprising where we are in 2016. So hopefully this works. I mean, I have not had the chance to play Worlds of Drift, and even if I did, it had an NDA, so we couldn't discuss it. Mm -hmm. Um but it will be, I would love to play a game where everyone's in one world and, you know, you do see hundreds of people interacting, fighting and whatnot. I mean, that was the dream as a kid, right? Where it's yeah. smooth. Like, I can't believe, I remember as a kid, I used to always think in the future, there won't be bugs. In the future, we'll have massive battlegrounds on a, on a planetary size, you know. Seamless world and stuff. But seamless no. world, <laughs> leaving and traveling and exploring the solar system. And, and we're still, and it feels like now that I'm here, you know, I don't know, we're still, it's still the same thing, it's just maybe a little sharper, but... I, I, I'm uh, going to disagree. I think we actually went backwards. Uh, and, we went you know, backwards? Yeah, I mean, Sean, you were there when we played World of Warcraft, 40-man raids. What did they do with the first expansion? They lowered it to 25, right? And what did they do yeah. after that? They lowered it to, like, 15. <laughs> I, but that well, didn't have maybe. to do with... Uh, to, when you say that, though, it makes it sound like it was a hardware uh, issue. That was, that's a whole, different, that was a whole different... Uh, well... Whatever, well, whatever it is, they, they, their, ambitious, their scope of ambition got narrowed. It didn't, it didn't get wider. Well, the other thing is, I mean, some people think the 40-man raids are cool, but maybe in practice, like, not a whole lot of people wanted to do a 40-man raid, you know? Uh, like, yeah, I mean, and I, and I do see that. Well, again, that, that's, a, that's a case of... It's a different question. Yeah, that's a different question, too. Than, but, like, that, it's not really a different question, because if nobody wants it, why would they keep making them? You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, remember, don't forget, it became a very successful game with those 40-man raids. And the fact that not everyone could do them, I think, was a, its own draw. Which, you know, the, the, end game was, it was ne the end game was always there. You know, you, you didn't complete the game. That's true. But, there was always something else to strive through. But which the is thing the, is, it was yeah. popular when it had the 40-man raids, but it became even more popular later. People always seem to forget that it became more popular after Burning Crusade and Wrath of the Legend. Yes, but remember, that, that was like the first two years, because the first expansion came out. In just two years, I think I think that Psycho would have happened even without like I don't think that was a driving factor, right? Lowering the rate I, number. I think that's hard to say. 
I, I want to say with the 40-man raids, it comes down to, like, I, I remember talking about this with Altai earlier. Like, in a game where, like, if I join a game and I find out, like, after the new expansion comes out, that clan or, or you know, group XXY managed to complete all the new content in a span of, like, 48 hours, world's first, right? It's just demoralizing. I feel like when I play a game, I want there's something, something in the game that's has not been achieved yet. Okay? I, I want I, there should be a boss at almost every point for every MRP that has never been defeated yet, and always release content. So there's always something that nobody has done yet. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a psychological thing. Yeah, because yes, if there's a forty man raid I can't do, and then they lower it to like where I can do it, even if like as soon as I do it, I'll feel like I beat the game. I, my, my psychological incentive in, to invest in the game yeah, will just lower true. so much. There should always be something harder. Even to the point where they make it absurdly difficult. It doesn't even, like, there should always be something that no one in the game has done. And they slowly, you know, get people there. And But when they get there, there's always a few more things that no one has ever done. So that's what you know, I was... You mean, the 50 million, you mean the uh, boss with 50 million health and Final Fantasy XI that took a guild over 24 hours of cycling on and off and they still didn't beat it? See, that's good. That's good. I like that. The, uh, that's why I was that? asking Shu and Omar, you too. What is I, I the max party size good. in Blade and Soul? You said four or three or something? Yeah, like four. And that's that's like even endgame, like raid. Yeah. What a, what a joke. Like I won't even call that an MMORPG at that, you know, at that point. Well, well, see, that's the thing, right? MMORPG doesn't stand for how many people you play with at max once. Max party size is six. Okay, that's and that's like they, the endgame stuff. That's how they're distributed across the world, not how many well, you have. Yes, a party technically with it. it's an MRPG, but my point is, it it, it doesn't. It's not even trying. It's an MRPG because it was developed at a time when MRPGs were hot, and it was just trying to be something else, and they just slapped that title to like help it, I guess. Well, yeah, I think there are like twenty-four player dungeons and. Uh, oh, there are dungeons. So I can't remember exactly, but I think there are like there over ten. Or yeah, there, there are there are twenty-four man raids. All right, that's not that bad. Though. I'm not sure if it's out yet though. Somebody did mention it. Uh, someone asked if Blade and Souls were starting. Um, Omar likes it, but I, I say yeah. I, give it a try. It's free to I don't. Try. It, I don't like it. It has a radically different combat than other MRPGs. It feels rewarding. That's what I really like about it. I mean, I forgot how nice it felt. Even when you're killing, like when you're grinding your quest, because let's be real, the the entire grinding the quest hub system. You go to point A to point B, get all the quests, do all the quests, rinse and repeat. It feels rewarding to even kill like seven bandits because, okay, I gotta block him. As soon as a block lands, I gotta do this. It keeps you on your toes because if that you seems don't tedious. Pay attention, no, it's it's not though. It's, Look, it's, listen, listen. How is it less? How is okay. it more tedious? Than I want to feel okay, rewarded. It's, it's like um, it's like you play Skyrim, right? And you're sitting there and you dance around the enemies, waiting for them to hit you so that you can counter and then strike back. It's kind of like that. No, okay. it's, it, it's I would say it's faster paced. I want to feel rewarded. Yeah, well, yeah, but I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to yeah. lay it out for. Okay, I I want to. I don't think I just played Skyrim. In an MMORPG, I I have played. I, in an MMORPG, I want to feel rewarded from investing in the world, not combat, in and of itself. Okay, that's a different argument, but I think the combat. So, so just play the Skyrim combat. then, if you if you just want to kill things, you want to kill the, the, orcs the, the, and feel rewarded. Combat in Skyrim was not fun. What Whatever. If you just want to play a game and feel rewarded for combat, go play a million games. You know, like I don't want to play MMORPG for that. But that's one element of the MMORPG, one aspect of the game, and I think a lot of people enjoy the combat in Blade and Soul, and that's what really helps it stand apart. No, again, I'm not saying the combat's so many... bad. It could be fun. It could be good, but it doesn't feel like MMORPG. Okay, that's a different. That's an entirely different complaint. Mm -hmm. Fine. Yes. That's that, all right. But it, the combat is is fun. All right. Which is, which that's is something fine. that that's I don't fine. say that's a lot fine about, about MMORPGs. I mean, I I don't think that you should have to be rewarded for combat, but I I think allowing people 
like designs where there is combat that is rewarding is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Actually, uh, there's actually a pretty interesting thread came out recently about Age of Conan. I know it's it's not exactly Blade and Soul related, but I think we should cover it because it's uh, it talks about pay to win, and that's that's always a pretty rough discussion. And apparently, they introduced. Um, I mean, it, it seems ridiculous that they would actually do this, but people are saying they've done it. They've introduced uh, there's six tiers of raid content apparently of gear, and you can buy all up to tier five in the cash shop. Just straight up gear. You get into max level eighty, you get every map of the game, and pretty much everything in the game, but the tier six content just from opening up the wallet. How do you guys feel about that? It sounds uh, to me like the cry of a dying animal. That's uh, what I was gonna say. It sounds like a desperate attempt to get casuals to buy their way into it so that they can play the end game and see that it's like halfway decent or something and stick around or they just get the money if they don't stick around you know what i mean mm -hmm. i mean funcom really should be focusing all their efforts on the secret world because they're certainly not going to get a whole lot out of age of conan at this point this uh, i think the second comment on this reddit post sums up uh, a lot of people's opinion i honestly wasn't aware this game still existed <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know we, we've chronicled funcom's financial issues over the past year and so this is just an obvious cash grab on a dead horse so there you are. But you don't yet. expect this behavior from like Western uh, publishers and developers. It's almost like a this is like oh, if a Chinese company did it, we'd all understand, you know. Desperation. Well, Tryon did it too. Yeah, but did he do except stuff? except it wasn't the best stuff in Rift, yeah. right? It was the second. It was the bare minimum viable, so that if you didn't have yeah. time to like get your gear ready, you could buy the minimum viable and get into raids. That that's the way it works. Yeah. Here they just sell really strong gear, but yeah, yeah. it costs over a thousand dollars to get the tier five. But guys, we have a new Conan game coming. All right, guys, Exile. Uh, I'm actually Conan really hyped about this. I am hyped about this. We, uh, this is all right. This okay. got a lot of dislikes actually, and the reason why is because it's basically just Rust or Arc. Okay, you, I, you I, I got Rust vibe from it and Arc, but still. You remember how I said I really like the small details, right? Mm -hmm. When you see at the beginning of this trailer the guy walking through the sand, and you see the sand drift out of the like little divots that they've left by their feet love that shit and they're really? actually like, like they're actually that. deep into the sand like ankle deep you know it's not just and you then, just walk on top of it and then the wind just blows some sand out of it and it's like it's so nice like why don't more people do this mm -hmm. because it's a trailer uh, honestly to me it didn't look it didn't look fluid it just kind of like felt like the sand was disappearing behind its foot no but at least no it looked okay no right. it's when it's wind pulling it out of course it's going to look like it disappeared yeah all right, that that. Well, I guess uh, I don't know. Uh, that didn't really catch my, pique my interest. Is yeah, he shot a bunch of vases that had uh, Explosives oil in, in them. Or something. Oil doesn't explode though. Oil would just light on fire. The gas in it would have combust. The vapor would combust. I don't know if it'd make that big of an explosion though. I, I have no idea. I think they're just jumping on this bandwagon. How many abandoned where early access survival games are there at this point? A lot, probably. Yeah, a so lot. Th I this is this is just jumping on the. Too. Okay, so Bandwagon here's here. a good question, though. Are they Abandonware, or is it just that the survival genre never had anything to it to begin with? No, Rust is still what? huge. Ark is huge. Uh, it's, it's, it's a big genre. I never said that people weren't playing it. I said, did they never have any depth? Is it oh, the games, the games they... themselves didn't have depth. Other games. I was like, never a fan it... of the survival genre. I think it was overhyped and uh, it's <laughs> overdone. I just don't think it's abandoned. I Rust think there was the just nothing games. for them to add. <laughs> I mean, in this game, it looks like uh, with Conan Exiles, what got me a little hype about it is 
you got that. You, it looks like Rust, right? Which is I like Rust, but they have bigger cities. It, it seems like Rust with more building. I think when Rust adds like a ton more building stuff, it'll obviously be a great game, an even better game. But this seems to be like you can build your own towns and stuff, which seems really cool. I mean, keep in mind, uh, normally when that stuff is shown off, it's it's a late game collective yeah. effort, and that kind of stuff is not accessible to the casual player. So I think they show that off, and that's that's not something that everyone's going to experience when they play. Kind of mm -hmm. like uh, Tree of Life had that, where mm -hmm. if you really wanted to build a town, a village, you had to band together with other, with other players. Uh, the thing is, Conan Exiles really has to, is going to have to do something really special to stand out. I mean, it seems like this... I, someone must have impressed an investor with Exiles to for Funcom to still be alive. Yeah. Unless they have some other secret project they haven't revealed yet. I, I can't imagine they can do anything to really innovate the genre, especially when you already have solid titles like Ark and Rust. Uh, it, it, it just seems late. They're late to the game, you know? I imagine there was a board meeting, and they're like, how can we save our company? What do we do? Let's do that survival thing. Everyone seems to like that. Especially since we've seen a few other games come out recently. I mean, the Black Death, uh, not like there was a ton of hype behind it, but it's kind of like fallen to the wayside. There's really no one playing. Lifeless, I believe, is about to release another zombie survival game. It just, everyone's putting their foot in the water. They're all dipping their toes, but no one wants to dive in. No one can dive in. Pool's oh. closed. So I, Pool's closed. Pool's closed. I think Black Death had the potential to be like Gloria Victus Light with like yeah, the maybe plague if, and everything. Maybe if it but, worked. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I hear, I hear it doesn't work very well. So every game has the potential to be amazing. The, the thing is, is actually doing something. League of Angels 2 could have been the next World of Warcraft, but uh, that shit didn't pan out. I mean, and then uh, Lifeless has actually been in development for like five years. That, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It just means that they picked up on it like when it was still a fad, right? They're just Matt, maybe they should have worked a little faster. Matt, <laughs> maybe I, they should have. I've been working on my own MMO since I was the, the day I was born, all right? It's uh, 26 years in development right now. When it comes out, it'll be amazing, all right? Because I put this is I save and work out for twenty years. I mean, I'm not you know, saying that. Actively I'm just saying it's a side it. effect of uh, slow yeah. development. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's not really just that they're trying to cash in. They're just a side effect of slow development. What I see is the survival genre as a genre is kind of like the MOBA genre. You have a couple of titans. Everybody else is kind of fighting for the scraps. Yeah, and that's, that's no one well else put. is going to be able to eat enough to fill their bellies. Uh, it's, it's. It, I, I don't know what you do to innovate it more than it is. Maybe you release a complete game since none of them seem to be complete yet. Uh, I'm not, <laughs> you need not a lot sure. Of content. You, you need a lot of content, and you have to. You have to. There's a lot of little barriers and constrictions you have to put in that so that new players don't get scared off. Like if you play Rust and it's a server that's been around for a while, and I think Rust does it right with the server browser. Yes, so they Arc. wipe too. They wipe them too, which is nice. You have to wipe them. Uh, if you don't have if you don't have a strong community in place, then the, the people who have been playing longer are just going to scare away anyone who starts because oh. these games. But they wipe, so it's okay. No, no, no I understand that, yeah. but they're able. You got to keep in mind, Rust and Ark have a solid server list. They're these huge games, and they yeah. have a strong community that wants to. Like I ran a Rust server for a long time, and you know it takes you. I need an active community to be successful. If Conan Exiles doesn't take off right away, and you have That's a community true. with like twenty players, I mean, that, once you hit a certain mark, your game is done. Yeah. Like Fragmenton's never going to take off now because it just doesn't have a big enough community to support that that structure. I want to uh, say uh, with Rust, my experience with Rust, I, I think I've over at least twenty five, over thirty hours on it, probably more. But it, it's what I was saying earlier with WoW and other games. There always has to be something you haven't done yet, which keeps you invested in the game. So when you first play Rust, you jump into the world, right? And you and you look around, you see all these huge buildings, like like wow, I want to have that building. You know, I want to have that awesome full metal. You know 
structure. I want the rocket launchers. I want to be able to leave my house on AK and go hunting, you know? You want to be able to get all the stuff you don't have. And that keeps you playing. So I kept playing. I played. I played, right? And then I started playing with my other friend, Chicken. We played for like two wipes together, two, three wipes together. And then we got so good, right, to the point where within like within like five hours of the server wipe, six hours of the server wipe, we had the building. We had the gear. And after the second, like first or second day, we all had rocket launchers. We got we had so many rockets. We're just shooting rockets at like the nearby neighbors, like inefficiently, just blowing them up to give them a big F you. We went raiding with AKs. Like once you get to that point where you have everything, you want to stop playing. Yeah. That's why a game like Rust, they need to keep adding bigger and greater things, like maybe vehicles eventually. And just like there always has to be something you don't have to keep you invested. Because until I had everything, I played a lot. I played like like at least five hour sittings. It was great. I, I had a ton of fun. I just wish they, they had to keep adding more content. But they are. Whether, I mean. Yeah. One of the better early access. They've been good with it. I think one of their. Well, I think Rust went sideways when they added guns and rocket launchers. If you no, stick it, if you keep it medieval, you can you can kind of keep it going longer, I think. And I don't like the idea of wipes on a weekly basis or whatever. It just kind of makes it. It works. It, it prevents works. people from being you know too strong. I mean, ideally, if the game is so like developed, so much content that there's always stuff to work towards without wiping, it'd be great. But I, I don't think we're there. I, yet. I actually gotta disagree. I don't think it's possible with the way the games are structured, unless you made it so that noobs, like people who just started playing the game, are able to, you know, maybe they have immunity or something, which is kind of, you know, I don't even like that notion. You know, people who are veterans, there's always going to be dicks. You know, we were the dicks for a long time there, yeah. and uh, they're just going to kill the new players. You know, yeah, but what about really this? Hard to get established. If you have a town, right, it needs a constant supply of wood, water, food, right? right. Uh, the new players could be recruited. You give them protection, citizenship, or whatever, in in exchange for their labor until they can accumulate. Sure, yeah, that that is. But but when you have the auto well extractors or whatever, like you have in Rust, like the miners, excavators, where there's no maintenance, you know, uh, food is a non-issue, uh, that kind of stuff. And there's rocket launchers, so you can just blow anything up if you want. You see, it, it kind of there's no need for other people besides your three guys. With three guys, you can do whatever you want. But they still have such a community. I, I think you guys are another key point that is a problem with um, the survival genre at large. The world has no depth. It is literally there to provide you with the resources you need to make things and nothing yeah. else. What do you think Earth is here for? Yeah, Earth. Where's the depth no, in Earth? The people I'm, just saying there's, I'm just saying, no matter how far you go, there's nothing to find. Yeah. And there's no culture. like. Matt. You say no, the community is important, Rust. The, the culture. But it's bullshit, though. You well, only listen, talk to people in your group. Fort. I build my fort. There's an angry Chinese neighbor over there. There's the angry Russian over there. There's the nice guys in the southwest corner. You can, and there's an immediate community in these games when you play them, and it's, it does feel involved. Um, it doesn't feel involved. involved. You don't talk to anyone. You just you kill them. You only talk to people you. in your group. No, you talk to them and you kill them. You, yeah, but you, you don't stuff. interact. You don't like cooperate. All you do is you do you, cooperate. You work with your buddies to kill everyone else. I mean, you're basically pointing to human nature in in an environment where you respawn. That's exactly what people would fucking do. Maybe if we weren't humans, we would work together. But the whole point of these games, what makes them fun, is that there's no rules and you can just kill each other. I mean, if you want to force cooperation, it's a different game. It's uh, not I'm not forcing rude. cooperation. I'm. Uh... I didn't say anything about forcing co no, cooperation. No, you're not, you're I just forcing. Said that there's nothing there. Exactly. Exactly. If you if you put if you take away technology. And so it's a medieval world where you need farmers, you need the resource so gatherers. Black death. It's the Black Death. You were okay. basically describing the Black okay. Death. Then, then says there was no communication with people that are outside of your group. I remember when he played Rust, he found some like some fourteen-year-old kid like, like partied up with the Altai basically, and like he they they they, they like gathered resources together. 
he gave he gave an AK forty seven, and Altai didn't kill them. Altai was like he was a nice guy, right? And like he was huddled up in his house. They were getting raided by like three guys, and like I I, I kept looking at Erhard like Erhard, just kill him, just kill him. It'll be, it'll be funny, you know. You got a gun, just shoot him. It'd be, it'd be awesome, you know. That, okay. so nice. You actually brought up yeah, my main complaint with that genre, right? This guy who he had everything, right? The guns, whatever, the full equipment. He, he was he so he was so desperate for like interaction that me, like, I was a naked guy with nothing. He was so desperate for some cooperative gameplay that he walked up to me, what gave me you word that. Gave yeah. me everything he wanted, everything he had, right? All equal and you gear. You should kill them. And then the first thing my brother tells me is, "You should kill him." See, that's how little incentive slash mechanics there are for cooperation with strangers in Rust, where what this guy sounds- is so desperate for someone who has no value to him. Stop using the word desperate. Yeah. Why? You meet you meet the one nice person in the game and you call him desperate. It's, it's he is. Really he he, he nice was guy. desperate Most for. Most people shoot you on sight, by right. the way. He was nice enough to help you out. Well, exactly. And what did you tell me to do? Shoot him as soon as he gave me a yeah. gun. Yeah. What you should have done? Taken all the shit. Then what? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hamster wheel that goes nowhere. That's what Rust is. No, it's awesome, and I love it. I think a lot of people that play Rust I played Rust for that. two hours. I got everything from it. And all, my, all my brother did is repeat that a hundred times. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. It's, it's great. The world's dead, like Matt said. There's no, set t- there's no context. I don't know what that means. No, that, 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 that makes no, no, no sense. There's no yeah, context. That, that it's not It's not nonsensical. There's nothing to find. Like, there's no reason to adventure unless yes, you need There's no context. Resources. If you don't know what that means, then I guess, you know... If you don't really know, all right, in, in uh, War, World of Warcraft, the first time you went to Stormwind, the music plays, you see the NPCs, the guards holding their swords. In EverQuest, you enter, uh, you know, a new place. You're, you're comparing apples and oranges. I, no, I'm not, there's no you context. Are. It's the people or the context. I told yeah. you. Every time you play Rust, just enter, the, the enter an AOL chat different. room. Enter an AOL chat room and start saying, hey, fags, what's up? All right, if you no. want context and rivalry, which is people. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't it make does. Sense you interact with them by, hey, if the guy by what? you off, you, you can work night and day to destroy his life in the game. And you make enemies. You make friends. No, you he dies. He starts over. Neighbors. It, uh, no. For us, it's like a cruel joke understand. of what human life could be if there was no culture, no context, no purpose. Like, it, it's literally... Uh, no. I, I, it's basically purgatory, okay? Like without the right, fun. Guys, guys, I don't see why you have a uh, you have a desperate need for rules to confine how you see yourself okay. in the world. What's there beautiful are about servers, PvE servers, do whatever you want. What's great about these games is that they're it's like Worm Online too. There there are no rules, and you, you create your own. You have to be creative enough if you want the context to insert yourself into it. Basically, it sounds to me what you don't like. Is the fact that if you want narrative, you have to role play your way into it. I mean, no, okay. to me, but see, the difference is, Worm Online has secrets. It has dragons. It has crap you can find. If you leave your so, home and okay. go somewhere else, you can find something other than just a person. There's like, helicopters. There's oh, helicopters. Rust. All you, all you guys are saying is that you you like secrets. You like you like an incentive to adventure and explore, right? But then that's not these games what makes them great is that that's not there okay right? so, someone mentioned that that's what people want and if that's what you want that's fine obviously and then yeah. but you compare it to eve online which is a mistake eve online has context eve on, not you but someone you mentioned can, eve online eve online is the exact same way like you know it's a it's a sandbox where you can kill people right but eve had context i felt like oh the omar or like this like game. you know the minmatar were slaves you know i i mean most no, people might not care. care about that i cared about that it, added, it gave me context they do and each 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 of the factions had different designs for their ships. Um, it, it did matter. These are meaningless, uh, it's, meaningless it, it, details. No. With, without those details, uh, Eve would not be what it is. I want to just point out for the record that um, it's it seems that eighteen thousand five hundred twelve people don't need context to play a game because uh, that's how many people are playing Rust right now. 
And, uh, I mean, I get it. That's why you don't like it. That's fine if you guys don't like it. But I don't think... It doesn't seem to be a detriment to the genre since, they're, since but, at least two games are thriving. As, as uh, I got to take the other side for a second because I do want to agree in some agree Matt and Altai are correct. If you look at a game like Ark, I think Ark would have a little more... Like, the world is a little more... Uh, like, yeah. There's more survival elements because the dinosaurs are there. And it, it is more popular than Rust. Yeah. I, yeah, so that's, that's, a great, that's a great that's a idea. Well. Yeah. But, All right. I, I want to switch that. gears because I missed this a month ago, right? But Orange is a Malu, they posted an update, and I just want to tell you guys this quote, okay? Here are some facts. We did not run out of money. We just never had any. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. We didn't run out of money. We just didn't have any. It's awesome. That just, I, I died laughing at that, right? It was so funny. <laughs> right, well... Just as they ran out of money, which they never had, we have run out of time. So uh, with that with that deep statement, we'll have to leave for this week. Uh, it's been fun, and it's good to have the team together, even though she was only here for the first half. Hopefully she'll be back full-time well, soon. She, she'll be gone uh, on Sunday for about a week, so we're going to lose her again for the podcast. But she'll, after that, she'll be back for All good. right, then we'll have the whole team together. Okay, well, it's been fun. Uh, we'll see you guys on Thursday, right, for Throwback yeah, Thursday. We'll- We'll a new segment here uh, at MMOs.com where we play the opposite of MMOs, single-player SNES games. <laughs> <laughs> but we will be playing uh, five of us or six of us at a time on the same stream, and then we, you guys can watch us uh, and see who wins first. Our first game will be, be Mega Man X2. Uh, so look forward to that. Peace, also, guys. Uh, we, also, it's Altai's birthday, so happy birthday, Aaron. Happy birthday, Aaron. Thank you, thank you. All right, overtime time. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, check us out live next week so you can watch overtime. Take care. See ya. There you guys.